0: Here are some sounds of the jungle here in Corinth state.
1: I'm really excited to bring you the upcoming interview with a very special guest. You'll hear him discussing all the great and courageous work that he's currently engaged in. And, if you feel inspired to help him continue these efforts, please consider making a donation earmarked for his projects. Or feel free to give a general donation that will support the wider movement in Myanmar. Our ongoing support is so helpful and appreciated by the Burmese people during these dark days. Simply go to insightmyanmar.org slash donation to contribute today, or stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear more options. Now, let's hear from that guest himself.
0: Those the sounds of insects, small bird, and a stream in the back.
2: This is Suzanne Eubank, and I'm going to be reading uh, Those Brilliant Eyes, which I wrote on a mission in Burma, where I am at right now. Those brilliant eyes, they shine so bright, while smiling or in a gunfight. They show the pain of lost terrain they fought so desperately for. A land they owned for years unknown was stripped and ripped from their hands. And yet those eyes still see the light of freedom yet untold. They fight for lives of gone and yet to come. Those brilliant eyes reveal the wisdom earned from years in battle though his heart was never turned. Those eyes shine bright and full of light with a slight glimpse of charm still known will hold his grandchild just for a while and tell him stories of old. And when they ask why he doesn't have a second hand to hold, those eyes will show a love untold and a price he had to pay to hold his child and tell him, oh, how I love you so.
1: I'm very pleased today to be speaking with Dose. Uh, Dose, welcome to joining us on Inside Myanmar Podcast.
3: Yes, thank you.
1: Yeah, so can you tell me where we're talking to you from? Where are you located now?
3: I am in the uh, Kapon, Kapon District in Northern Korean State. Yes, and I should, I should say, please don't
1: answer any question that exposes you to any risk. So... Uh, If you you are not able to answer a question in detail, that's fine. Just only answer as far as you're safe. Okay. So can you tell me a bit, uh, as far as you're comfortable and as it's safe, can you tell me a bit about the camp that you're located and what's happening there?
3: Uh, Camp here, here. we are about uh, in March. There was an airstrike on the place called Debuno. So our camp is not so far from Debuno, like two hours walking. So we are from not to the north from Debuno.
1: Right. And uh, can you tell us a bit about your camp? What, uh, what are you doing at the camp? What are the activities there?
3: Uh, here uh, we train many the ethnic people from different groups. Lahu, So we call them. The, they want to be, to be able to do something for their country, for their organizations. So every year from this uh, training camp, so many the the, the different ethnic armed um, groups and their their team members uh, here to be trained. So first, we tell them about uh, God and love, uh, because this is very important for all of us. These are what the free Burma, free, free Burma Ranger believe. Because without God, without love, we, we get lost. We may be able to do many things, but without love, there are many, many problems. Just like now what is happening in Burma. Many now leaders in Burma, now they are very careful. But because of the problem we are facing because they don't have love for their people. So when the young people, they come here, so we tell them to love God and love each other and to forgive each other. So we told them we, we are comprised of uh, soul soul and body. So we need to also send them their soul and at the same time also make their body strong so they can do uh in, in, they can do things when they go back to their respective area
1: right, so is it mainly uh Christian groups and Christian
3: participants
1: that are coming that you're training?
3: Oh no no no, Man, most of them are non-believers so yeah, they as well as some are also Christians, so they are non-believers, but we told them we it's okay you become ones that you have a love it's okay. We don't. We don't say. Uh, we don't. We don't say that. Uh, we are. We are. We welcome to everyone here. Uh, every li- religion every race is
1: huh. right, right, and can you share a bit about what kind of training you give? you mentioned the the spiritual lessons that you like to share, but what about the the physical lessons and uh the the actual training that the participants will learn with you
3: yeah so the the scale we provide them, so there are many, so mostly the survivor skill and so confidence that will confidence them. For instance, uh, here, when the beginning, they arrive. So we ask them to you know, carry loads, like round trip, maybe three hours. Before, even in like two days. Now, because uh, we have uh, some of the places the road expects. So it's uh, coming a little bit closer to carry supplies uh, from the little uh, shop to our camp. But this one is at the beginning. So they come, they start to make their body become strong. And then later, uh, after the first week, they will start learning, especially those who cannot swim. So we teach them how to swim. Like in the beginning, like two weeks constantly every day. And also how to do rope bridge, how to climb, rope, rope climbing, repelling, puncture up. And later later second weeks, third week so we teach them about uh, how to do recording, video with digital camera and interview. so how to do the effective interview and uh, reporting, very basic and uh, we call salute, very basic and easy mm-hmm. to remember. And also uh, business medical first aid. And GPS, land navigation, and leadership. Yeah, start. Yeah, skills like that. Well, that sounds incredible. How long
1: are these courses?
3: Yeah, all together, we uh, all together, uh, three months here when they arrive. So, two weeks, two weeks before the training started. So, we already uh, asked them to carry things. And so, in two weeks, so when ready, we started. So, the training time is at uh, two and a half weeks. So, after that, the, the we went on the practical mission. So wherever there's a need. So in places we, have, we hear, okay, now this place, that place is under attack by the Brahma So we go to that place with all these uh, uh, newly graduated team members. And so on the, on the, on the front line, we, we leave them and then uh, teach them how to do things. So how to do, how to provide security for yourself, for the people, and how to provide uh, counseling. So especially the Good Life Club, because many people are uh, living in uh, fear. But when you are there, we are there, we are organizing the program called Good Life Club. This is for mainly for the kids program, but it's also... Uh, apply for anyone, parents who come. So, uh, we maybe it depends on what time, how much time we have. Sometimes we may have in that place, in their hideouts, the whole day. So, we do one day program. So, sometimes we may have only half day because uh, they have to go back or front. they come from any different hideouts. So, and that programs, I look at that because all the time they are living in fear, afraid of Burma, me attacking, worry about this and that. But during the program, they really uh, you know you look at everyone, kids, not only kids, parents around leaders around there, all loving. that moment they forget all their problems. So that means the program there, many dramas, spiritual drama, healthcare drama, so educate them now how to keep their environment clean, how to take care of their body. So like, like this and sound games, and we call junior Ranger. So teaching like some of the uh, uh, middle school, high school students, uh, all the things that the ranger learned from the training here, they were transformed to some of the scale to the uh, middle school, high school students. So that is all together will be uh, four months, but depends on the situation. If the situation say the launching major offences in many places, so we say that okay now we say we cannot go back. We say uh, stay with all these uh, villagers. So we need to do something for them. But usually if nothing happens So after one trip, maybe three weeks uh, uh, trip, then they can go back to all their mother organization.
1: Mm, So you're not just teaching them practical skills, which are valuable enough, but you're also creating this sense of community among incredible diversity of the different ethnics that are coming, the different religions that are coming. You're creating this sense of togetherness, of community, of uh, interconnectedness, and you're also helping them to uh, in the face of this kind of terror they're facing from the Burma army to have some inner value and inner strength in going through life with what they're facing. So that all sounds really great. How, how long have these
3: trainings been going on? Uh, training is like the first year beginner is uh, three months. And so, and then the next year they can come back and we call it advance. So then learn more about more more uh, more things and uh, more technique from all the areas. For instance, the, the first year they are learning about security because when they are in, on the mission, during the mission in the front line, they are to provide security for themselves, for the team members, if there's a villagers around them and for the villagers. So when they come back second year, they will learn more about the security. So the same thing. If the land, they in the beginning they were learning land navigation, but when they come back, they will learn more about uh, all the how to how to make uh, draw better maps and how to do better land navigation. Something like that.
1: Mm, right. And for since when did the, have these courses started? How many years have they been going on?
3: All these studies in uh, 2000, 2000, I and mean, 2000, so far I remember. So
1: about about 20 years, more than 20 years. Yes. Right, and you're a trainer on these courses, so how did you come to be a trainer? How did you come to learn these skills and then teach your, these skills yourself?
3: Well, for myself, I learned from Dawabah, uh, 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 David. Mm-hmm. So uh, many instructors also they learn from him. First, in the beginning, only a few instructors. So we all learn from him, and uh, as he, he teaches, I mainly help uh, interpret. So at the same time, though I I learn. So before he organizes the group, a small group training for the uh, uh, instructors, and then later, so all the, these few instructors can help him teach. This in the beginning uh, we studied like that in 2000.
1: Mm, right, right. so you've, you've learned from David Eubanks of the Free Burma Rangers you're referring to. Can you tell us a bit about where you met him and how your relationship goes
3: back with David? Uh, I met him in 97, oh. the first, first time. Mm-hmm. So that time I was not a Free Burma Ranger yet. Uh, I was uh, working with uh, uh, another political uh, uh, group. So that time I met him. So since that every year I I have more contact with him. And later I have uh I go with him on a mission, like once a year. So I began to know him better. And so also as I go with him on, on the trip, I learned many good things from him. Uh, especially he increased my the spiritual strength a lot before I was kind of like I call myself a traditional Christian. I was Christian, my parents were Christian, but I just this was all because my parents were Christian and I thought I'm Christian. So when we were young we we were in the, we went to Sunday school so our teachers say okay now you are that age, you are 12 you are 15, you should be baptized. So we just did. but this only with did. but I don't really know God and Jesus very well. And auntie for many years, so when I first time met him in ninety seven, and that time, we, so we started working. We he used to drive to the refugee camps for many many times. So I I was with him as he driving. So he was telling about about Jesus, and he was telling about his, his faith, things like that. And also plus he bringing many also his friends who also the same thing, sharing many. A uh, good, uh, f- very strong faith. So then I go, they say, Who are you? You are nothing, and you you have only a little bit of education, and you are very, you have no skill, that skill, even you don't have money, this and that. But you don't, why you don't uh, prioritize God? But look at all those people, they are very educated, very smart, they all graduated and have money, have skill, this and that. But they stay every time, even small thing they do. They say, "Stay prioritize God." So that me, whatever I do number one is they say, "God, thank you, God, please be with us like that." And then I slowly, slowly the um, increasing my uh, spiritual strength through uh, David Bank and um, many his friends he he, take, he brought with him to me.
1: Mm, that's really interesting. So in what ways would you describe that your spiritual faith and your Christian practice has been strengthened through your relationship with David?
3: Just like the many places, that we say we believe in God, but at the same time, oh, we are afraid to do this, this, this for even you know, for myself. But what God asked us to do is... Uh, you know, we have to do. Sometimes maybe dangerous, sometimes maybe difficult, sometimes maybe easy. But our human nature is that when easy, almost everybody can do. But uh, when difficult things or very dangerous things, and then how nobody wants to do. So I was in after meeting him for many years. So many trips, sometimes I have to go alone to Karani, or sometimes even with the big group, but I was still afraid. So when I was afraid, so I remember God because, so he taught us for many years, when you're afraid, you you pray to God, you ask love, and then go the power of love to wherever you want to go. And so this, uh, I practiced in what he told me. And so in many, many years, many trips, I, I, I did like this. So I managed to go even sometimes alone, especially I'm, I'm alone. I have to go on mission one person only. Uh, very dangerous, very lonely, and uh, very tough on the mountaineers. My backpack is uh, so. sometimes I don't want to go. Uh, because mainly I was afraid. Also at that time, well, my fitness is not so good. So to carry all these supplies, uh, you know, me for the teachers, for the orphans to that area. But I pray and I go and I, start, and, uh, I manage to climb all these big mountains and cross through all these uh, difficulties or dangerous or landmines. So these are how I measure my my spiritual, and also many places, or oh, even easy. But we are because oh now I I may uh, I don't want to leave my families, or because of rainy, oh now muddy, oh there's a many leeches. So many like I don't want to go. But again, so I said, God, now please help me. So I, I then I can start forgetting all these uh, problems, and then I just go.
1: Mm, That's great. Can you give me one example of a mission that you took that was difficult and that was dangerous and how your faith in that specific mission, how that helped you get through what was a very difficult and dangerous uh, operation through your, your faith and your belief?
3: uh there are many uh, in many so uh, in many in like twenty years so I can't remember but maybe I' was trying to say some of the uh, trips I remember. So as the group uh, one I remember in 2004, I think there's a uh, tsunami tsunami happened that year. so we were in the northern northern Korean state and southern Korean. So we were with a big group, like all many Freedom Arranger members uh, uh, there. We hear, because that time, Burma I Army mean, launched major offensives against all those areas. with the uh, three major columns. So many uh, many villages, uh, five villages uh, from Northern Kareem State and five villages from Southern Kareem. So they all fled to the, the same spot. So we, we hear that, we went. So when uh, we know that Brahma is very close, so we are afraid. So I don't know some people. And the plus, also the, the, the reason, one of the reasons I worry more is sometimes also we don't know where is the landmines not only talk about, you know, facing with the Brahma, me, but also you have to worry about landmines laying by the crane karen or cranny because I know I have many experiences. Some of the crane karen or cranny step on their own landmine. And that makes me very worried. So, and also because that time like I told you I I was not not so fit. So I, I I always slow and I leave behind. And there are many team members they already go ahead. So when I'm leave behind, so that me I'm very slow. So in some junction I oh which which way should I go left or right or straight? Then I start worrying because if I turn the wrong way, then the, maybe this are leading lead, leading leading me to the Brahma me. Oh, maybe leading to the weather, the current laying their minds for things like that. So very angry, very worried, very afraid. And nighttime, you know, they sometimes so very close, so cannot sleep very well. So because afraid, but so I just mainly I pray now I'm here. And then the like one night I was looking around because before night at the daytime many. Uh, Villagers start arriving. We already receiving like I don't know many at that time seven village, villages. So and then like when we are arrived, then more villages coming. So I look at all their faces. I look at their eyes, uh, you know, full of fears, and they uh, are full of stuff in a basket in their back, in their back, and in their both hands are holding their son, daughter, and babies, and stay in the, and the mother chest they carry one baby. I uh, look at the men; they're carrying all full of supplies for their family, and they uh, look at their faces. I, I look at this, and oh no, this is uh, something uh, I don't feel like. I don't feel like good. And then I, I was uh, looking around. So when they sleep, so because of that winter, so very cold in northern here, yeah, northern Korean state. And so I look around about like, you know, midnight. So many people that do not have enough blanket because when they leave, they they, they don't manage to bring everything. They only brought with them the, all the essential things, like maybe rice or machete. And, maybe one blanket for, uh, for the whole family. But that area is also many uh, dry firewood, but people are afraid of making fire because if you make fire, you come around me from a long distance, they can see the you know, flame and so they can share or they can come. So for that, that reason, they don't make fire even very cold. So they just take the cold the whole night. And so I would look at, all go from, you know, family to family because they are le- sleeping on the ground. So on the on the leaves. So I go around and I check them. So I, and I start coming out. Oh, I was, that time I was still working with a, a political group. I was uh, uh, fighting against the Burma army politically. Also here, many different armed groups are fighting against with them militarily. And also international community doing the, you know, diplomatic uh, and also sanction, embargo, et cetera. So, but or even though all these, still, these things are happening, mm-hmm. Brahma is still strong and can still manage to come to all these uh, mountainous area and give problems to all these innocent villages. So I, I thought, I feel like very oh, helpless. So, and then the uh, I, first time I went up the uh, small hill, on the top of small hill. Then I thought, God, please, touches the hearts of me. So that they can go back and then leave all the villages alone, then I came back. Yeah, so I came down from that. That was 2004. So the first time I pray for the, you know the my enemy.
1: Mm. That was the first time you prayed for your enemy, and what was the what happened after
3: your prayer? So there, then later we have to leave. So in other places, uh, because during that, in you know, when the villages have to run away from the, you know, enemies. So many unnecessary pro- problems is happening. So in one village, I remember, and the, the mountain, they had to climb very, very high. And so, so one we are stay with them, stay with them, so they feel very good. And in the morning we had to leave. So that is another spot. So we told them we have to go because there's also another crew over there. We have to go and check on them. But many uh, villagers, especially are like 80 years old, grandmother, uh, begging us, please don't leave. Last she was telling that last night you were staying with us. We feel very, very warm. I mean, very safe. So please don't stay. Keep staying with us. You don't need to worry about food. You will eat the food we will eat. So we are provided food. They told us like that. She told us like that. So, but we told them, we not sorry. We still have to go to another place. Right? And then some of the young men said, so, okay, so you cannot stay with us. What about uh, you Leave some soldiers with us? I told them we also, we don't have soldiers because some can security uh soldiers with us. So that we don't have. So, so. Then said, "What about extra weapons? Give it to us." Uh, now we told them, "Sorry, we don't have extra weapons. Even can you, can you, can and they do not have the extra weapons?" So it's difficult, very uh, difficult to make decision. But we said sorry, so we had to go. And now we pray with, them, and then we left to for another IDP hideouts. So since the the, I look at, I look up to now, the situation is uh, improving improving me. So after that, the Brahma army go back to their um, battalions, regiments, their headquarters, and uh, a few weeks later, villagers can return to their villages. So that was 2004. So I was just uh, in Kareni and across Northern Kareni state uh, last summer. So that in uh, January, uh, January, yeah, January. So everything in there, uh, everyone, every village in their villages. Mm. So I so say that we pray for them. so I did. That is my only my view. I pray, and then I believe also many people pray so that villagers can, aside from the now the present situation. Now,
1: I see. So, this is an example of the power of prayer, and you're talking about the first time that you actually prayed for your enemies and you prayed for your enemies not to cause harm, and that. You you also mentioned that part of your faith is a faith and a belief in love and sharing the, the power of love and, and filling yourself with love and sharing that with those in the community. And yet you're living in a region where the Burmese military is causing unspeakable, terrible evil and harm among all the peoples and communities that you're living with. And so how has the challenge been for you to maintain that faith, maintain that belief in love, that belief in prayer and forgiveness, in spite of the evils that you're directly facing and encountering?
3: Uh, For me, I just need to pray for every day. Also, I ask my leader, my friends, my family, to pray for, even including my son, I asked him to pray for me. Because uh, we can also, now we are very good. Maybe in five minutes, we can also very bad. So that is, a, I know I, I start afraid of this. Afraid more than afraid of Brahma Me you can fight, but it's something that you don't know, because it, it comes very secretly or without even realizing you already made big mistake. So this, uh, uh, big uh, enemy, freedom can come to you. So, this is uh, maintain like when we do the physical uh, fitness. So, so, you have to do like every day. So, the same also to maintain all the spiritual strength, to get more love, to get more faith in God. You have to do every day, not two times a day, not three times a day. So, so the first thing I get up, I read my Bible and I pray, and I just go do something. And then before I go to bed, I, I pray. So the same time, also listening some of the, you know, our speeches or preachers from the from the internet, and also hearing from the also other people sharing. Mm-hmm. So seeing there are all the problems people are suffering on the ground, that also increase my my sympathy and my understanding. Because before so I thought I I thought I have nothing and I thought oh I'm very God did not let me this and that but when on the ground you see many people are suffering and I really uh, I, I realized I need to be humble myself I need to be very thankful that God gave me many things and also they are suffering more than I I, I have. They are, also, they are, even among all these friends, they are stays give you big, big smiling. When they arrive in the hideouts of the villages, they're very happy. Same time, also, man, you are, pretend, pretend you are walking alone. Because I'm walking alone, like I told you before, many, many times to Krenny, so sometimes very afraid, sometimes very lonely. But suddenly, even I see one person, one villager turn out. Oh, she's she very encouraged. That, that person, even I don't know him. So sometimes you see only your friend, one of your team member, or your friend suddenly. Oh, I feel very good. So the same thing also when they are very afraid. Village afraid when we arrive, so they are very very happy. So and then I see. Oh, okay, now they. So I, my, you, they are encourage us, me and me, and us to to come to all these difficult or dangerous places. Because that, that moment you don't you don't think about all the danger or the dangers. Because when you see, oh, they are smiling, they are happy because you are present there. Yeah, this is how I uh, increase also my uh, spiritual but strength, but I still new to do a lot. Hmm.
1: So you mentioned before that when you encounter people that are suffering and that are really suffering it opens you up to sympathy and to love for them and i'm curious that that is definitely one route and one road it can open you up to it can also seeing the suffering of people can also open you up to anger and to hatred for the cause of that suffering so how are you able to take in that suffering and see the harm that they're being caused and respond with greater sympathy rather than the response of anger or hatred for what is causing that suffering to them?
3: Yes. Uh, in, the, in the when the, I was no strong spiritually, I was uh, many times, many times afraid. Right away, I want to pick up a gun and go and shoot all the Brahmi. Even on the last, uh, last in the, what happened in Rangu, I just saw... I was when people innocent you know, some people in Rangoon, mainly or big city like or uh, when I see these people I go, okay, I still want to do, but uh, I just say remember, uh God, what God wants me to do because if I just angry from here, then I destroy myself first because I cannot do it from here to anything from there, but just angry with with them so I don't want to be angry because when I am angry, I just limit my all my ability, my I will destroy my good heart, and I will destroy at least the, that day I will not do my PT or I will not pray, It's like that. So right away I, when I was angry, I realized okay to say you I tell myself you need to pray, and I tell my son my other friends to pray, then I become okay, because I know this, uh, what we need to do, God will, sh- will show us the way, and those who uh, committed all these terrible things, they, they will be charged uh, by God. That's how I can also maintain my anger, otherwise every day I'm angry every day, because I see all these atrocities every day. Now, even Kareni, you know, many things. Last night, one of my nieces, uh, nephew, sent me the, oh, please help. Please help us now. They said many, now, Brahma Amis, sent more troops to Kareni. Seem like they want to destroy the whole Kareni. Because uh, about, like, uh, two weeks ago, all the... The young people, they overrun like three camps, three Burmami camps. So now they want to send more troops and do more patrolling and blocking all the roads. So some of the roads even linking to from one city to city, they block so the people cannot travel easily. All the supply also cannot send easily. So these are also, you know, when you if you don't control yourself very well, and then you become angry easily. Mm. Since I hold it, hold first. So also the same thing I teach all the here, the ranger, whoever here come here, say, I want to give you a present. This is my present. You cannot see, you cannot feel, but that will help you. Not only this life, but also according to your uh, uh, internet life, eternal life. And so the more you use, the more you uh, you, you have. Because usually things you can touch, you can see when or not. You know. So that is the first, whatever you do, small thing, even you drink a cup of coffee, say, God, thank you. Or should I drink this coffee or not? So you say, and then you say thank you. Secondly, God gave you ear, okay. ears, so that you have to listen to God. So what God is telling you today, what to do, where to where to go. So third is your eyes, so you you look, so you see something good, you learn. To something something uh, not fake, fi- uh, not, and you trying to fix. And your heart for is, uh, it means you are learning things here. You have to pay attention. So when you do, uh, whatever you do, you are studying in the classroom or outside, or you are doing a mission. You you are really to have interest interest in that that mission. So five is uh, you have to use your brain when you need to. So I I stay with this, my kind of my formulas.
1: <laughs> mm, right, that's beautiful, and you. It sounds like part of that is just recognizing that anger is a tos- toxic emotion, that hatred is something that takes you away from, from faith and goodness and love, and to try to not fall into that in spite of the hardships and the atrocities that you're facing. And you mentioned how this greater sense of faith and spiritual strength it came from your relationship with David Eubanks and, and what you've learned from him. Uh, you referenced that when you grew up, it was in a tri- more of a traditional, conventional Christian upbringing. So I'm wondering if we could go back to your early years and if you can describe a bit about where you come from, what your family like, what your family life was like, what your life in the village was, and learn a little bit about uh, your upbringing and your 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 early years.
3: Yes, uh, all my parents were uh, christian my aunts uncle all the cousin relatives are uh, christian so uh, i just grew up so my i was born in a small small town so my parents were send me see they send me when i was young send me away to stay with my parents or my aunts so in order to want to give me the better education because my my, where I was born in that time, education level is very, very low. So they, so my parents sent me away. So in order to give me a better education. Since then I grew up, so uh, to make it short, so I I was, I don't know, maybe middle school students. So one of the, the one of the, I don't know, t- uh, Sunday school teachers or one of the teachers told me, you have to pray for your enemy. And then that time, even I don't understand very well. I said, no, I cannot pray. He said, how, how come? I said, because I cannot even pray for myself. How can I pray for my enemy? So the conversation just stopped. there. Same then I, uh, when there was an ADA happening, so all the school, everything closed down in 1988. And there was, uh, so I came back to my uh, hometown, came back to my, where I, where I stayed there for, one and a half years, and then like 2001, beginning of January, I, 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 I thought because I am not so good with my parents, so I thought maybe I look at the reason why. So I thought money is the main reason. If I have a lot, a lot of money, then I can stay with my parents, uh, maybe happily, happily, because every time. I'm not close to my parents because uh, since I was here, you know, I stay away. I stay with them, my aunts, uncles, so that every time I saw, every time I go come back to my village, I saw my parents. Then I was shy to talk to them, or when they come to visit me in the city, so I was shy to t- talk to them. I was hiding them like that. So later I grew up, I started uh, uh, thinking why I was doing my parents like that. Then I thought maybe money the main reason. So if I have money, so maybe I saw this problem. Then uh, so, uh, thought, I thought maybe I went to the, in the north, Chen state. That time, church is very, very popular. So I thought I, uh, I was going to there. But on the middle, I left, uh, before I left my hometown, I wrote uh, a letter. And I gave it to one of my close friends. I gave that letter to my parents only after I left the village because I worry if they receive the letter first before I leave and then they will stop me. So they will not let me go away. Then, so I left. And then, the, but one, one small tower we got, got stopped. Then they said, oh, we cannot keep going because of my me, plugging all the roads. And they were saying that now the situation is not good. A lot of fight happening, so we cannot go. So we had to truck on the, on the passenger trucks. We had to wait one day, two days, almost a week. Uh, become very boring so we just in the in the uh, place uh, by the big river Sun river so one day one of my friends told me okay you want to go down go down there there's a boat going down there a place called uh Tita so Tita means uh, a junction a junction where a small river come to that big uh, river and okay so instead of waiting here I should go there so I jumped on, on into the boat and I, I came down so since then, my original plan is that I want to go to like a chain state in the north to dig Jade But I believe later I review my life that God turn my compass to the north. Because when the river is flowing to the, uh, the south, so I come to the south. So since that I, I never managed to go to the uh, jade places. But I end up my life here like this, and then slowly... Uh briefly before in the beginning I joined with the Ukrainian army and later I was uh, wounded and I have the major operation and I have to take two years to cure my wound in the clinic and hospital. And then later I recovered so I asked, so one of the leaders said, you know, you should not go back to the army, but you should do more political work. So they sent me to the um, political uh, foreign affairs for the Kreni National Progressive Party where I, I worked for 10 years. So all together, my time with the KMVP and Kreni Army for 15 years. So, yeah, yeah. so up to now, that's how I stayed, you know, I did not know girl. But when I was in the uh, clinic, so every day I was lying on bed, so I was very, uh, very, uh, my injury was very big. So I almost cannot do anything, just, you know, lying on bed, eat and sleep, this all. But when I got a, a short wave radio, so then, then I can open. Then uh, a pastor, and his name is Uti Maung He he's still alive, he's based in Rangu. So from Manila, he wrote question about uh, about God, so I started learning a little bit about uh, golf from through listening to Shawway radio. Great. So
1: thanks for sharing that. So you you come from a Kareni background, and you mentioned the schooling, the um, political side that you uh, you joined uh, in terms of the cause, and you reference also some of the the operations that you did. So a number of. The listeners to our show, we have a number of foreigners who are outside of Myanmar. We also have a number of Burmese of Bamar that are both outside of the country as well as Bamar that listen inside the country. But many of those have never really spent time in the ethnic regions and haven't been in the villages or the regions where you've lived and where you've gone. And we've been seeing in the past few months, especially from these Bamar, that many are coming to be more sympathetic and understanding and sensitive to what the ethnic experience has been for so long and are because they're faced with this now are starting to understand what people in your villages and communities have been dealing with for many generations and so now you're speaking to that audience both bamar that are listening as well as foreigners that are that are outside of Myanmar and I wonder if you can share a bit about uh, to that audience if there's a way you can describe what is life like there. What what um, what is the feeling? What is the um, what what is the community like? Living under that terror, living under what the Burmese army, the Tatmadaw, is doing, is capable of doing, what they've done, uh, the atrocities that that are happening, that have happened. Uh, how can you, for someone who's never been to these places and never experienced or felt or seen what you have, how can you transmit and describe what your experience is for those who haven't been there so that they could better understand what what it's like to live in those communities and what it's been like for so many years?
3: Yes, uh, living in places like that, so even whether in the city or in the jungles, so, so I more know about the uh, lives in the in the mountain areas because I've been to many places in many years. So, whenever the Burmami comes, even they come, they don't arrive in the villages. Yes, uh, so they already hear the Burmami heading to their villages. So, all the villages, uh, villagers already start preparing and uh, leaving for or fighting, packing, and then all their families. So, uh, so leading to hideout areas. So some of the places are also Burma very uh, close to their uh, villages. So they don't come. They don't need to come. They just from their camp, they sharing. Mm-hmm. Sharing, so all my shares, uh, even our, our, my hometown is, uh, say under, only the, a big Burma Rami Every time they hear gunshot Burma just from the mountain, they share 60 millimeters. So in our hometown, we had to dig many, many, many many holes since we were young. I remember that one. So up to now, all every houses have the holes because many Burrami shares and landed in the villages. So one time, one of my cousin's house was hit and then one of the house poor, it got destroyed. So that night, one of my friends was sleeping right on that corner. But that night, for some reason, he moved to... Uh, another house. So, and then nighttime there was fighting broke uh, on. Bro so like uh, they hear a So whenever they hear gunshots, is they don't know, they don't say is a cranny soldier or whoever. So they just from, because their main camps are on the hilltop. So our uh, villages and the border on the, the mountain. So from the uh, hilltop, they just send many mortars the, into the village. So, Something like that. And many people also got killed in studying colonies when I was uh, young. I still remember one family just, just killed beside their their house behind their shelves. So there, now there are many people now in the city. Now they are now they are suffering because they are start doing many many atrocities as you see. So they come here. And then maybe they now they when they live, they come to the their uh, this area, All these are like Korean Shan state, state, or the Chin state. So very different from you know when when they live they live the hospital. so and then every time even now they the places they arrive says no yeah because Ramami uh, camps are uh, everywhere. so and then we say, okay, now you got to be careful tonight, maybe Rama come here. Or they can they can also send some those shells. So then they have to move. So they start realizing, oh now, we also had to move. So maybe all these uh, ethnic people uh, have to do like this for many, many years, for more than uh, you know, 70 years. So we just arrived here. So maybe we have to do some of the you know, starting complaining. Oh, we cannot do, or oh, difficult, or rainy. or oh, mosquito, or oh, not enough food. And then they start, they, I don't know, oh, but yeah, sure then that uh, uh, so they really can understand how uh, the different ethnic people are suffering under the, the um, successive military regime for many years. And so for me, every time when they, uh, they see here, last time we went, we were in the southern Korean states. So we were there, we see many CDM uh, members. There are many, most of them very young, like between 20 and 30, so. And they are really, really, uh, you know, come to uh, you in order to do something, in order to uh, overcome the to topple the uh, Brahmi uh, dictatorship. And when I look at them, I can know some of them, they are very uh, innocent. And before, I don't know if I met them like, I don't know, uh, 20 years ago, I may not have that feeling because that time I still have the... Uh, hatred against all the bumins because all I know is that the bombmins are very very bad they are doing all the bad things to the all the different ethnic groups here and there but when i began to know uh jesus better so uh jesus does does he say you you, sh- you should love this one and uh, hate that one all he says is uh, love your neighbor then i also at the same time also remember one verse as a if you don't forgive, them, I will not forgive you. Then, since then, so I started releasing all the people I tied up in my house, including Burmans or Chinese. And say, so say I have a, uh, say, I, you know, anti against the Chinese because now they are doing many bad things in our country. And so in India, so now I say I have re- re- releasing all of this. So and then I will look at the most of the Burmans we saw. in like one group, one one about or almost two hundred, and we went down there. We gave them about like three days training, and uh, how how to do how to like basic training like first aid trainings. So that is the only one one sport. There are the many sports. So in, uh, most of them bombings, Bur- and. So we share them. We don't share them. They just tell us. Oh, now we we understand now how the admin for many years. So mm,
1: that's very powerful what you just said, and this is something that we're hearing much more of. Is that many Bamar, especially the younger generation, are for the first time understanding the privilege that they had in the system, the the ways that. The ethnic's were were discriminated against and biased in ways that that they were not, and in ways that they they did not have to face these things. And many Bamar have been apologizing publicly and privately for not doing more, not understanding, and not recognizing how, the kind of suffering that their Burmese army was inflicting on these ethnic regions and you mentioned that you know 20 years ago before you found religion that uh the hatred that you had for the burmese army was absorbed into all of the Bamar people, that it was just a hatred that, that you had for the the whole race based on how the army was behaving. And through religion you were able to work slowly at letting go of the toxicity of that of that hatred and and move towards uh, towards love as far as was possible. But what I'm wondering now is that you've actually been training young Bamar activists and as you mentioned, some of those have said to you that they're sorry, that they didn't realize the suffering that their army was inflicting on you, and so you're, you're getting this apology, you're getting this recognition, something that I imagine you, you must have never heard in your life. So how has it felt for you to hear from these young Burmese these, these apologies and this recognition of what you've been going through and what your people have been going through for so many years?
3: Uh, I, uh, I just, uh, you know, I became falling in love with them because even this morning, one of my friends who video cameraman showed me the, uh, video, the video footages he took. And I look at, they are all, their faces very innocent. They are very lovely because they, you know, they learn everything. They are from Rangu. They can. They can just stay in their home, you know, no, they don't need to worry. But when they come here, the first thing they are, everything is very, even, you know, food situation, you know, living situation, everything is very, very, very bad. But they stay happy, sing songs and all you know, enjoying the, all the scale we are giving them. So that moment I don't have any, any lines or any boundaries. So all I know is that I just, I just like them all, and when I sometimes I was telling my friends I miss I miss them, mm. and that is I think the the power of their their expression, their sincere expression, and also we have come to know better. So when we leave, because we only a short time, so one group like three days, and one group maybe like th- three weeks, so and then now here another group. So, but most of the groups are here at Karen. But the first group, the big group we met, and down there many, uh, they are many Burmans, they're big group. And another big group, also about 200. And they also a mixture of the Burmans, and uh, Kachin, Lahu, Balau, Karen, Kareni. So, yeah, this is how I feel. I don't know how to expect more than that.
1: Mm, so there's like this real sense of unity before that hasn't been experienced prior.
3: Yeah, I I look at all these are very beautiful. These are all we need. We always need like that in order to, in our new country. Every, every day, everyone thinking like that, everyone acting like that, I think our country will be very beautiful.
1: Mm, right, right. So on this podcast platform, we've spoken to a number of Bamar activists and we've talked about How they felt when the coup hit on February 1st and what they've been doing since, what their reaction and their feeling has been for something that for many of them was was so new, was really something they'd never faced before and going through that you on the other hand and your community you've been doing this kind of work and having you you've been facing off with this enemy committing these atrocities and not allowing your people in your community to rest for you know 60 years not ha, not able to be safe in their own homes we're hearing from so many Burmese now that they're they're not safe in their own homes and it's it's the first time they've ever felt that and there's there's this terror and this instability from knowing that you you're never safe and and yet you and your community you have faced that lack of safety for pretty much all your lives so i'm curious what your feelings were when the coup broke on february 1st when when the coup started uh and in the months afterwards what what was your uh, analysis of what was happening how were your feelings how how did you respond how were you following it um what uh what reaction did you have as the coup broke and then developed
3: well, the, at that time we were in the, uh, one of the IDP hideouts. Helping uh, the IDPs when the, they took uh, they took power from the government. So at that time I don't think much because I know the nature of the uh, military regime. They have been doing it for many years. So even before all the starting from Nyerere, Gen- uh, they're doing the, do the same thing, only using different techniques but I, I I don't think that would be a, a big big demonstration will happen like that because now that time maybe that the people are not so maybe they they are blacked out so they don't know about outside outside the world. because at that time because Brahma socialist program party they they block out everyone they don't even you are trying you are very smart you're trying to just do something a little bit bigger the right away they go and they block. so you cannot and uh, you cannot do like bigger, bigger. So that means you cannot develop and whatever you are doing. So that's why many people are, they uh, They thought, okay, this, uh, maybe I will me, this, or we, we need to satisfy with this, this and that. Uh, but these uh, things are changing a lot. So that time, uh, also, in uh, when they t- took the power, so I don't, uh, I, I did think that there would be a big, big group, uh, like the people would do uprising like that. But now I think that because people are suffering and this is a young generation, the, they have become more educated and they also, they are more also access to the international community. So like they have internet internet access more available than before. So, and they learn more things. And also this has been many years, even before some of them were not born yet when the uh, Brahma Socialist Program party were ruling the country. But they hear from their parents, and I'm sure, and so that now step by step, step by now they themselves suffering. So that that is why studying all the young people start exploding. And also, one more thing for sure is that you know the the evil things cannot cannot go long. Today or tomorrow they will happen. So because the same thing, the truth also can never be hidden. Because one time I was telling the here ranger during the after we uh, we teach them. So we do the uh, kind of small uh, tests, uh, small tests. So we said, okay, during the test, you have only one meal to eat, no other things. So when, when they come here, so I was in a swimming sport. So they have to come and they have to swim. So they swim. So when they swim, because many of them are so afraid of water, so when they are afraid, they don't they don't think of anything. And then they as soon as we you know we kind of pressure you know, to jump into the water, the water, and then suddenly many things are flow floating in the water. You know, like you know birdie or all snacks and all these are floating. So and then I anyway, they don't even realize because really guns are not to draw in the water. They don't even see all these uh, things are floating in the water. Then I thought, you see, you never hide the truth. So the the same thing in Burma, they've been doing bad things for many years. And then God will not allow them to do. And now I I believe God let all, touching all the people, and so to stand up against these, the military, the successive military regimes.
1: So what do you think it will take to win?
3: Yeah, so the people will win because the people are the first. They, I don't know all them that they believe in God, but for sure, God also right, righteousness. So God will stand uh, with them against the military to their leadership.
1: Mm-hmm, right. So, in terms of your faith and your your spiritual belief, it's this power of of prayer and your belief in God. And um, from a diverse people of of different kinds of faiths and practices, people are are. Uh, other guests we've talked, we've spoken to, have um, have shared how their own religious faith has has been a resource for them to draw upon. Looking at practically speaking, um, and, uh, and and what the training you're doing, the alliances you're making, the strategy, what what do you think it's going to take practically for the people to win at this point?
3: Uh, the training is uh, because we said that you first you have to follow God and you have to love. Because love can overcome every everyone, even bad guys. They also maybe small tiny thing. They have still have the good thing I think inside their heart. So that when we show them love, then they, they some of them will become uh, changed to good. So some of them uh, will be also stay stubborn and do not change. Then this uh, in the end this is up to up to them uh, between them and God. So when our side, first we had to show them uh, God, God loves, and also our mercy. And then when they don't listen, then when we have to do, we have to do. So first I told them, well, first, when you feel enemies, so you show them love. Okay, please don't stop doing all bad like that. You tell them one time, two times, three times, they don't listen. Then you pray, and then feel like you shoot them and shoot if you have gun. Or you fight, and then you fight. So, and this is we believe, because this is power of love. So everyone, we try to teach them, aside from all this uh, scale, but the most important thing is to have the love. That means you means you, you love, love comes from God. And with God, we can win all this fight easily. So, but we still need to work on law and planning, plan very well and practice a lot and then go and do
1: Mm-hmm. So, you mentioned how when you found religious faith, you were able to let go of the hatred you had for just the Bamar people, for the pain that was inflicted upon you. But there's definitely a difference between the Bamar people and the Bamar military and the actual soldiers, the Burmese people, um, the, Bur- the, the Burmese military that are physically causing harm to your community. So, I'm going to ask you a hard question how has it been to try to develop love for actual members of the Burmese military, for actual individuals who are causing harm to those very communities that you're in touch with?
3: Yeah, there are several ways you can, right away, you can also do many, many ways. So true, one of the uh, ways, uh, so sometimes, and We will see the Burmese uh, defectors so come to the the here the different ethnic groups. So you can then one way, other way also you can show them on the through the the internet. You can say that okay, we forgive you. If you stop doing all this, did did this. Also, uh, too many people would go back, so they can they can also tell their friends from friends. They can also tell uh, maybe one of the relatives or sons or daughters. So I, because we are human, so I think we are, our heart cannot be hard. Our heart cannot be hard for a long time. Sometimes maybe we, we are, our heart is very, very hard like wrong. rock. But one day when, especially when, when we are very weak, that moment our heart is becomes so, uh, you know, stopped. See, one day you are very, very strong, but today you are sick. So you cannot do the thing you usually do. Today you your face is very different from yesterday. So uh, the Braham is the same thing. Now they are facing many casualties inside. And their wives, their wives, their sons, daughters are also crying a lot because they their fathers, their sons, their you know, the brothers are being killed in the many different ethnic areas. So uh so at the same time that we need to also send a message to those, okay, just tell your husband or your your sons or your uh, brothers to stop doing all these things, and you will be forgiven. But difficult because talking about forgiveness here also difficult because, to especially those who are, especially their relatives or sister brothers or mother, God care. But this is one of the way to uh, to have the uh, uh, long lasting the. Uh, solution uh, for our country
1: mm, so do you actually have communication or a relationship with your enemy? Do you actually engage in discussions with members of the Tamada? Uh,
3: not directly like that, but uh, through the you know the messenger or you, you can write like that through, mm. mainly not through the messenger because they also many of the members also, they are they are propaganda groups. They also do many wrong information. So you can also tell them. Even You know, when they bad, do bad things, you don't do bad things, but you can also uh, send to them. So if so many, maybe maybe a few of them or one of them can, can listen.
1: And have you had have you had that experience before have you had the experience of talking to an active duty burmese soldier and trying to convince him to not engage in battle about the power of love about the power of unity and forgiveness and have you been able to have success with those kind of conversations with even a single soldier
3: uh no no not like that only before the like defectors only uh, defectors but no, that time I was not talking very detail like that. So guys, tell them okay. Now we are all together. You come here, you join with us. So we are happy. But I said, don't go back. Don't go back to the army again. So you can stay here, or you can all you can go wherever you want, but don't go back to the army.
1: So have defectors come to your camp?
3: Yeah, one one guy. I can't. Uh, Is that I don't know? Ten years ago. <laughs> Uh, I think his name was yeah he was he said he was in the Brahma Army and he do many bad things so uh, I don't know how he escaped from the Brahma Army and then later he was sent uh, to here because he went he came to we call K3 area K3 and the K3 leaders so sent him to here uh, Ranger training camp so then he got baptized here. So now he, then we told them, okay, these are all the problems. Yeah, now he realized he was doing many bad things. Then we told them about uh, Jesus, and uh, we said, okay, don't go back, don't go back to the army. If you, if you don't want to stay here, you you can go other places, but not back to the army. Yeah, like some people like, but some of the long time, not recently, so a hmm. uh, long time ago. So this guy also maybe like 10 years ago and some other guys uh, also, yeah, long time ago, 15 years ago. So when we just uh, use the opportunity or the, telling them, okay, this uh, this is, uh, the problem is uh, very bad, you know. Now you you don't, uh, we don't need to tell you, you're already telling us because they were ex- explaining even how they were treated by their own officer for instance, They said, okay, their salary was at that time maybe 10,000 So they never received fully. So every, every money they received, let's like, say maybe half of their salary, And all they were told is, okay, you need to to pay for this fee, that fee, that fee, many fees. So, end up with that, they only received half of the salary. So, this is one of the few things, a small thing that even among the the army, they were all officers abused them. So, later on, they cannot take all this. They decided to run away from the army and come back, come to Karen or Kareni or Shan army. Mm, right. So you referenced
1: that recently you've started to make contact with many young Burmese who have fled their life in the cities and come to some of your camps for training. And uh, I'm wondering, what are you teaching them in, in these courses, and how are they doing? Because you mentioned they're very innocent. You know, that's one word for it, definitely. There are also, these are people that were probably living in, in the city that had not really faced any kind of real danger or combat, probably for most of their lives, that, that this whole experience is, is completely new for them and suddenly they're in this training course with you very far from their home in a, in a different culture sometimes with um, having to put up with uh, difficult conditions and, and learn entirely new skills on what I imagine is a pretty rigorous course and have to use those skills to then go back and face a, a ferocious enemy uh, and these people are coming from a, a background of city life and of uh, you know school or, or job or family or whatever they have so what has been your experience in what you've been teaching them and how they've been responding to these trainings
3: yes first well, I want to say I want to when I start meeting them uh, in March so I after every time the training finish I'd be kind like of, oh I want to teach them more and more so that is, uh, with the uh, we call CDM groups so i be because before that, the ranger, free ranger training is uh, different. So, and this group only the three, three weeks. So because uh, we, we don't have the time, we also cannot uh, divide ourselves for from many places. So many places we went and we, we taught only three days. And then we still have to maintain our main training site. And then one spot is like three weeks. So in three weeks, uh, we teach them mainly about about God and how to love and how to forgive. So the main things. And then the, every morning, every evening, we have PT because, I, you know, when you need, they need to be strong to try to do all these uh, difficult jobs. Then the, we teach them the, how to use the phone stably become now things are not very different compared to their life 15 years ago I mean, everywhere everybody using phone so they can send message they can set up their network so among their friends uh, so and so we taught them how to use the phone the um, smartphone safely and then the first aid for basics first aid like if bleeding if someone wounded and bleeding how to start the bleeding using the tourniquet. And how to transport the wounded patients from the the field to the safe place and how to do them. So there's are many ways of carrying the patients and uh, then the bleeding. And then the leadership, leadership scale and then uh, swimming and repelling, hand to hands, self defense. So even they don't have all the, all they want They come here, give me weapons, give me arms, give me guns. Uh, sorry uh, we told you sorry we don't have but uh, we give you uh, all we have so we give the all gift, and then they can use all these uh, if if even no without without guns they can say use and the most important thing that with that everything you do play first and then think and then the egg so and then you will see so don't be don't don't get caught because they' are all lovely in my face and all our instructive faces. so we don't want to see them being arrest- being arrested or you know tortured or killed or put in prison. So these are many people so well and I just c- cannot d- describe because mm-hmm. la- last two months, I met with them about all together maybe over 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 400 on different groups right. so in like one sport is almost 200. Uh, one, another sport is like 200 so and then one sport is like 50 people and now here we have 51 so but here more this time here more are more Korean people they are say a few Burmans from from cities. All right. So it's my
1: understanding that you're going to be taking off on a mission soon. And before you go, we're so lucky to have Dave Eubanks sitting by you and having heard this interview. And it's, it's just been so lovely to hear all that you've been sharing. And uh, regarding the question that I asked about some of the defectors that have been coming from uh, the Burmese army into your camps, he indicated that he had some stories that he wanted to share with us. So, Dave, thanks so much for joining us here at the end of the interview. And uh, please go ahead with some of the, these, uh, these anecdotes you were going to tell.
0: Hey, thank you so much. And thank you, dear listeners. This is Dave Eubank of the Freedom Rangers. And you've been listening to Dose, and that means Big Silver. And he raised my kids, our kids, our three kids, since they're very small, has risked his life numerous times to protect them in every kind of situation. Active war all the way down to being drugged by horses, whatever it took. He broke his hand and his fingers trying to disengage my son's leg as he was being drugged as a four-year-old under a horse on the middle of a mission. An amazing guy and helps my wife run the kids' programs. So you were asking him about... Uh, Burmese soldiers, and we don't have that many, but we've treated a few Burmese soldiers in the front line once they were wounded and captured. And I remembered once on a mission in Pa'an District where two DKBA, that was the Democratic Korean Buddhist Army, these are proxies of the Burma Army, were setting up, trying to spy on us as we moved in a column and we caught them, and they were terrified. They thought they would be executed by the KNLA. I said, don't be afraid, come with us, and you'll see what we do. And we brought them along and we said, you know, if you try to escape, you're going to be dead. If you don't try to escape, we'll treat you fine. Because if you escape, you're going to tell the Burma army where you are and we're going to get slaughtered. So they went along with us and I asked the candidate, I said on time, I think think they're going to run. I'll take responsibility. And they walked with me for three days. And at the first day they got to watch a kid's program. And then we did dentistry in the jungle. And they said, we have need of fillings. Can you do that? And one of my team members is a dentist. And he drilled and filled there in the jungle. And they smiled and they said, can we stay with you? So for the next three days, they stayed with us. And then we released them once we turned away from that area and started climbing over the next mountain range. And I thought, what are they gonna tell the Burma army? That they're helping people? I'm not worried. Well, the Burma army came after us because they probably told them where we're at, but I knew they didn't hate us and we got away easily. And I remember in this camp, Dose talked about Sane too who was a Burmese soldier who admitted to atrocities, killing a pregnant woman once, he said. And he said, I dared not tell anyone here that. And finally though, listening to words about God's love and his forgiveness, I just couldn't hold it in my heart and I confessed it and the people here didn't kill me. Now I wanna be a follower of Jesus because I feel his love and forgiveness. So we baptized him right here. And you should see a smile on this guy's face, different person. And before that, or actually not almost the same time, but back in Thailand, this was in Burma, those two stories, but back in Thailand once, I was with the KNU, Korean National Union, and we're having a meeting. I didn't know they were in the middle of another secret meeting, and we were at a, a place on the border that I would accidentally gone to because I'm close to the KNU, and I know the place, but I didn't plan to go that day, and right when I was there, I see this delegation walking in, and they're Burmese soldiers, Burmans. I was like, wow, and it was a secret meeting I'd stumbled into, like Mr. Bean, and, there was General Ang Min, and I looked at him and he looked at me, I was wearing my Free Fire Ranger t-shirt and he goes, David, you man, Freebird Ranger, he said <laughs> in English. I said, General Ang Min. And I said, you know, if we'd met each other 24 hours ago in the jungle, maybe we'll both be dead. But look, we've met and God has given us a new chance. And my kids were with me, he goes, oh, I've heard of your children who grew up in the jungle and he said i want to meet your wife who, who educated them and she was right there and we had a, he said maybe one day you can come to rangu and i said we'd love that and he said would you dare to train burmese soldier teams i said yeah we'll train anybody to help people and get the news out for love but if you attack the ethnics or anyone we'll stand with the people that are under attack so <laughs> i i have to consider that too and but we're we're not on the ethnic side against the Burman side. We're on the side of love and truth. And I love what Alexander Solzhenitsyn said. He said the line of good and evil is not between peoples, nations, tribes, races. It's, between, it's in the middle of every human heart. And also he went on to say something I believe is true. In the mo- most vile, evil person's a shred of love, a shred of hope. They love maybe their mom, their dog, something. There's always a shred of hope and possibility. In the most wonderful person, there's a shred of evil and certainly potential evil. So none of us are perfect. We're all together. And we have to choose, in my opinion, to be part of God's kingdom of love and light or part of Satan's kingdom of evil. You got the two choices, good or evil. When you choose good, doesn't mean you're always good. I remember one Kren leader told me, a, a journalist was asking him, what about the Freedom Rangers? What do you think of them? And the Kren leader said, when they follow God, they're good. When they don't, they're bad. And I would say that's true of me. So back to General Aung Min. So we're talking about this back and forth. And I said, General Aung Min, can we pray? He said, sure. And he's a Buddhist. I'm a Christian. And I held his hand and I began to pray. And I felt this warmth from his hand to mine. And I said, Lord Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to be friends and be new friends. Please show us a new way in Jesus name. And he smiled and I smiled and we hugged each other. I took a photo with him and my family and and he's a friend to this day, I still communicate with him. Now he's been retired or forced to retire, I'm not sure of the right words for it, so he's not in this regime right now, but I love him. And so those are only a, a couple of the opportunities we had to meet our enemies. And I remember once when, um, this is back in American history, when Abraham Lincoln wanted to vi- invite a political adversary over, and his staff said, sir, that's an enemy you're inviting for dinner, And he said, well, wouldn't you want that enemy to become a friend? And so something else in the context of the situation here too, we talk about the NUG, the national unity government and the ethnic armed groups and the CRPH and all these different groups. And usually you can find something that you don't like about one of them and disagree back and forth. But I love what Winston Churchill said. The only thing worse than allies are enemies. So, We have opportunities to be allies with everyone and find what we can agree on. And with our enemies, to pray for them, to find every chance we can to extend love and forgiveness. As Dose said, sometimes you're gonna have to fight because people won't listen. ISIS wouldn't listen. Many groups, many Burma soldiers won't listen. But you go into it with an open heart saying, please listen. And also always remembering a bullet can stop a human heart and sometimes we'll need to, but it never changes the human heart. The only thing that changes our heart for good is love. And so that's what I pray for. So thank you for this opportunity to share and back to Dose. And I'm sorry, we got to, we're getting ready to walk out. Just actually a very short little mission. We're going on a coordination
1: mission. We'll be back in a
0: couple of days.
1: So. Dose, thank you so much for joining us and, and your perspective and your experience here has just been so valuable to share to our listener base. We uh, This interview will be listened to, as I mentioned before, by many Bamar in the country as well as by many foreigners around the world. And so before we close, I just want to ask you if there's anything else you want to use this platform for, if there's any other message that you want to get out about your opinion, your perspective, your background to be able to share to our audience base.
3: Yes, uh, I want to say based on my belief and also seeing from many, many, many people uh, they believe. So first, trying to have uh, God because now our country or uh, all the around the world there's a many problems because first. Because uh, many leaders do not have uh, God. When do you don't have God, you don't have love. Because in our country, in many leaders, they prioritize God and then they have love, and then uh, our, our country will become very uh, beautiful. The same thing, not only uh, Brahma, many, many countries around the world. So these are very important. If we, do, if we have this uh, God, love, and uh, forgive each other and then we will be all set.
1: That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And I know we're <laughs> wrapping up this, this interview, you're just literally minutes away from stepping back into the jungle for a mission of, of a few days and we're, we're, we're just, we're, we're talking right until the very end of when your mission is starting. Can you, can you tell us anything about what you're doing not to expose any, any kind of risk or, or share anything that, that shouldn't be shared? But uh, in any general terms, can, can you share what you're going to be doing in the next few days?
3: Uh, after uh, this training, we had told uh, all these uh, uh, trainings uh, to the front line, like the, to do their practical job, practical mission.
1: I see. Well, thank you. Well, I understand you have to get going now. So thank you
3: so much for your time and please be safe. Thank you. Thank you very much for the interview and God bless you oh, for sharing time from the places. He brought very, uh, two big pieces of the 100 millimeter, 20, 120 millimeter shells. So this village is under share that because in their area, there's a brother army camps around the area. So every time, uh, they hear something, they, sh- uh, they share. So even before, at least shooting with the, their rifles, now this is the first time I heard they share with a big, uh, the big sh- share, 100. 120 millimeters. So we have bring all these uh, the students to that area, and then they will do the program for the kids and as well as all the parents and villages around there. So after that, then one week, maybe two two programs there. Then after that, they can go back to their their original respective area. That will take like a walking, maybe two more days from that area. Thank you for taking the time to
1: listen to this show. I understand that this is an enormously difficult time for many people these days, myself included, and just the mere fact of staying informed is helping to keep a focus on this pertinent issue. And the only way that we can do our job of continuing to provide this content at this very critical time is through the support of generous donors, listeners like yourselves. So, if you've found this episode of value, and would like to see more shows like this on the current crisis, please consider making a donation to support our efforts. Either monthly pledges or one-time donations are fully appreciated, and all funds go immediately into the production of more episodes like this one. Thank you deeply in advance, and best wishes at this time. If you would like to join in our mission to support those in Myanmar who are resisting the military coup, we welcome your contribution in any form, currency, or transfer method. Every cent goes immediately and directly to funding those local communities who need it most. Donations go to support such causes as the Civil Disobedience Movement, CDM, families of deceased victims, and the purchasing of protective equipment and medical supplies. Or if you prefer, you can earmark your donation to go directly to the guest you just heard on today's show. In order to facilitate this donation work, we have registered a new nonprofit called Better Burma for this express purpose. Any donation you give on our Insight Myanmar website is now directed to this fund. Alternatively, you can visit our new Better Burma website, which is betterburmaoneword.org, and donate directly there. In either case, your donation goes to the same cause, and both websites accept credit cards. You can also give via PayPal by going to paypal.me/slash Better Burma. Additionally, we can take donations through Patreon, Venmo, GoFundMe, and Cash App. Simply search Better Burma on each platform and you'll find our account. You can also visit either website for specific links to those respective accounts, or email us at info@betterburma.org. In all cases, that's Better Burma, one word, spelled B-E-T-T-E-R-B-U-R-M-A. If you would like to give in another way, please contact us. Thank you so much for your kind
3: consideration. <laughs>
1: You've been listening to the Insight Myanmar podcast. We'd appreciate it very much if you could rate, review and or share this podcast. Every little bit of feedback helps. You can also subscribe to the Insight Myanmar podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts to make sure you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. If you can't find our feed on your podcast player, please just let us know and we'll ensure it can be offered there in the future. Also, make sure to check out our website for a list of our complete episodes, including additional text, videos, and other information available at insightmyanmar.org. And I also invite you to take a look at our new nonprofit organization at betterburma.org. There was certainly a lot to talk about in this episode, and we'd like to encourage listeners to keep the discussion going. Make a post, request specific questions, and join in on discussions currently going on on the Insight Myanmar podcast Facebook group. You're also most welcome to follow our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts by the same name. If you're not on social media, feel free to message us directly at info at insightmyanmar.org. Or if you'd like to start up a discussion group on another platform, let us know, and we can share that form here. Finally, we're open to suggestions about guests or topics for future episodes. So if you have someone or something in mind, please do be in touch. We would like to take this time to thank everyone who made this podcast possible. Currently, our team consists of two sound engineers, Mike Bink and Martin Combs. There's, of course, Zach Hessler, content collaborator and part-time co-host, Ken Pransky helps with editing, and a special Mongolian volunteer who was asked to remain anonymous does our social media templates. In light of the ongoing crisis in Myanmar, a number of volunteers have stepped in to lend a hand as well. And so we'd like to take this time to appreciate their effort in our time of need. And we're always on the lookout for more volunteers during this critical time. So if you'd like to contribute, definitely let us know. We'd also like to thank everyone who has assisted us in arranging for the guests we've interviewed so far. And of course, we send a big thank you to the guests themselves for agreeing to come on and share such personal, powerful stories. Finally, we're immensely grateful for the donors who made this entire thing possible. We want to remind our listeners that the opinions expressed by our guests are their own and don't necessarily reflect the host or other podcast contributors. Please also note that as we are mainly a volunteer team, we do not have the capacity to fact check our guest interviews. By virtue of being invited on our show, there's a trust that they will be truthful and not misrepresent themselves or others. If you have any concerns about the statements made on this or other shows please contact us this recording is the exclusive right of insight myanmar podcast and may not be used without the expressed written permission of the podcast owner which includes video audio written transcripts or excerpts of any episodes also not meant to be used for commercial purposes on the other hand we're very open to collaboration so if you have a particular idea in mind for sharing any of our podcasts or podcast related information Please feel free to contact us with your proposal. If you would like to support our mission, we welcome your contribution. During this time of crisis, all donations now go towards supporting the protest movement in Myanmar through our new nonprofit, Better Burma. You may give by searching Better Burma on PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, GoFundMe, and Patreon, as well as via credit card at betterburma.org/slash/donation. You can also give right on our Insight Myanmar website, as all donations given there are directed towards the same fund. And with that, we're off to work on the next show, so see you next episode.
4: i really? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I don't require be. Oh, yes, 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 Adamataya ye chau kai nu go Bag like it, I do, do, yamate. Who reformed you say, i <laughs> do